Happy Thanksgiving, Warrior Nation, and welcome to episode 10 of The Warrior Way. This week's guest needs little introduction. If you had any involvement with Washington High School, you've more than likely come across the legend himself, Mark Murren. Mark is a longtime teacher and coach, but more than that, he's a storyteller, friend, and a mentor to many. The draft I had with Mr. Murren was a lot of fun, as we get to find out what Murren's top five WHS sports moments are. We hope you enjoy and have a blessed Thanksgiving. Mark, thanks for coming in. Thanks for taking the time. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited about this one. I think people will be too. So um, let's start with how, like, what's your role in the building these days? These days, I'm uh, actually right now, I'm actually helping uh, with Coach Rinkin, longtime Washington guy. Uh, both retired and we're helping contacting parents and kids with uh, the VLA. Uh, learning and uh, the COVID cases, people that are quarantined, and so we make sure they're getting their homework, if they have any questions, if they need help. So, Sounds like a really fun job. It's keeping us really busy, but yeah, it's fun. Good. So uh, let's go back a little bit. I, I, I'm curious to, to kind of hear your story of where it all started for you here at Washington, and uh, we could go even further back because I know we're both Northern State Wolves, yeah, yeah. so we could have a lot of fun talking about that too. But for you, what year did it start at Washington, and what um, what were your first experiences like here in the building or in the old Washington? Well, I started at the old Washington in the fall of 1989, and uh, you know it was it was kind of tough because they had a well-established faculty and they had been there a long, long time. Many of the people had been there for years, and I mean it wasn't bad, but it was you know. Uh, after the first year one time, I told my wife, ah. and it wasn't just, you know, just some things. I just said, you know, maybe I made a mistake. Because where I, where I came from, we'd kind of been building up, you know, what I thought was a good program. And, and when I came here, it was tough. And you came from Canton. I came from Canton. Before that, I coached in Yankton, and I was uh, a wrestling coach at Ron Colley High School in Aberdeen. That's right. I forgot you were at Ron Colley. Yeah. Okay. So you mentioned those three schools. What was it like going from a smaller school to a big school like Washington? Well, for me, it probably wasn't a big transition because I graduated from Lincoln High School in 1974. So I had the big school experience, and, you know, I, I wasn't afraid. I mean, I was like, this should be fun. It'll be exciting. It'll be great. Good challenge. And when I applied for the job, I didn't think I had a chance, and I, I got it. And, you know, it was like, oh, okay, here we go. Who was your first administrator? Jan Nikolai. Outstanding. That's what I keep hearing. Oh. Like, we might have to get her on the show. You should, because her and Carla, uh, who was our next one, those, Carla Midland, those were the most, in my opinion, uh, they were outstanding administrators. And I love Jan because... Jen was so honest. Um, it wasn't a question where you stood with her, because she's going to tell you. Kind of like you. Yeah, kind of like me. <laughs> but she was, she was better at it than I was. But and she wasn't afraid to either address someone or give someone praise. And I got, I got dressed down a couple times, and I deserved it. And uh, you know, you got to go on. It's not personal. It's professional. Do you think that the way that they kind of put people in their place almost was an effective way of setting the tone for the building? I think it was because they had a, what, what you got a sense of is a high sense of accountability, not only for staff, but also for students. That, and that was something that was expected. You're going to be accountable. We want to improve things. We want to get things done. 
and we're going to do it in a professional manner. So you've been under Jan Nikolai, uh, Midland. Yeah. Who are the other administrators? Uh, Bill Hoff, who was my old government high school teacher, great guy. And then we had Jamie Nold, of course, and then Dan Conrad. Okay. Um, I want to ask, just for my knowledge, where and when did your unwritten rules of faculty meetings come in? And well, what are they for the people that don't know? Well, I'm not in there anymore, but the biggest one was no questions at faculty meetings. <laughs> and how I got that going, if I just would tell people after the meeting, hey, that's no. That's a no-no. I have things to do. You have things to do. And, and most people, and, and I probably, as a young guy, was one of those guys. You wanted to hear yourself talk. You wanted to, you know, whatever. Well, no. And um, is there emergency questions that maybe once in a while should be asked? Yeah. How often? Well, in my opinion, never, but whatever. And once I got it established, it was great, and everybody liked it. I think even the administrators liked it. Our faculty meetings went from 45 minutes to, you know, 20. Actually getting done on time. Yeah, 20 minutes, whatever. We're out of here. And my second question I want to ask before we get all too far into this conversation is, what's the story behind you singing at Pep Rally? Where did that come from, uh, and why did it come about? It came about. We were back at the old Washington, and uh, there was a guy that talked me into doing uh, putting on a skirt and being a cheerleader, and uh, we sang a song, an old football tune, and and then from there on, um, Kim Nelson was here, and uh, some other guys, Dennis Simon, we sang, Kim and I, and they sang. Dennis sang. I kind of, oh yeah, he's a pretty good singer, and I just I just kind of hummed in the background, and then eventually I kids. I don't know, because I was singing in the hallway, I assume, but they just, uh, you know, the administration would ask me to sing at, you know, Honor Fest, and they would ask me to sing at, uh, you know, the Homecoming Variety Show. And it was fun, and let's be honest, I wasn't that good a singer, but the kids liked it, and I liked it. It was very nerve-wracking, though. It, You know, that's, I mean, that's worse than going out and wrestling a big match. I mean, it was like, oh, no. It, you know, but you get up in front of 2,000 people, it's tough. And it's fun. Uh, I know for me, when I was a new teacher, seeing you do that, it was just really cool for me because um, I had gotten to know you just a little bit for the weeks that I had first been here. And then to see you get up and do that, it kind of just takes the edge off or it yeah. takes the, like, this is fun. This yeah. is a good place to be. You know, and kids, students, regardless, they I think they like to see faculty members do some things or, you know, maybe stretch the limits or whatever, you know, put yourself out there. And I think they'd like that. And uh, I was I was never proud of the way saying my wife every year said, hey, you gotta quit, you're done, what are you doing? But just the way the kids reacted, it, you know, it was a big deal for me. You know, I, I didn't mind. Right. I, and if I made a fool of myself, I tried not to, but hey, so be it. We know we're human, right? That's right. So what all, I don't need you to add, like say every class, but what have been some of the main classes you taught throughout your career? Well, when I came here, I taught computer. Um, I did that for about 14 years, but I taught government forever. Um, I taught um, health when that came in, I taught that. Because at Northern, I had a, you know, Northern, you could get a major in PE, health, and rec. They don't offer those anymore. So I had a, actually was qualified to teach those three things. And 
I taught PE a little bit, um, mainly government and computer, though. You said you are, – are you tech savvy? Would you consider no. yourself tech savvy? I actually, when I was going to teach the class, Dan Conrad was one of my first students at the old Washington, and um, we had the old Apple IIEs, and I took one home and took the curriculum home, and I taught the class to myself all summer. I would go through it, and, and, and I was doing all the work. So when the school year started, and it was a, it was a little more relaxed tech class because you know, we were using the old floppy disks, and we did a little bit of program. We did a little database word processing spreadsheets. So it wasn't real. You know, I don't think it was quite as... Quite as strenuous? Yeah, as it is today. A little birdie told me you taught some ELL I did. computers. What are a couple of your best stories from those classes? <laughs> it was hard because, you know, the language barrier... And you know me, I'm not like, so I got to make up names for people because I can't pronounce their names. So I'm giving all these people's names like Bobo and whatever, you know, and they, and they, they didn't care. I mean, I, I tried to be respectful and stuff. I just didn't want to butcher their names. And I'd always say to them, you know, I don't think, I don't know if I can remember that. But uh, it was fun because, you know, kids are kids. It doesn't matter of their skin color. It doesn't matter about the religion. It doesn't matter about their size. Their it doesn't matter because they're kids, and they were fun. And I you made it fun. fun. Yeah, I tried to make it fun. They were fun, fun to work with. Okay, so, so you kind of uh, said it a little bit. So we're going to transition to it. You said, "Hey, this is a special place." What makes this place a special place? Okay, well, it's evolved. You know, at the old Washington, we, when Roosevelt opened, we literally brought in a whole new staff. And I was the old guy at like 35, you know, whatever I was, I don't remember. But it's kind of like uh, an accepting teamwork combination of attitude about what you do. You know, people are positive, in my opinion here. Um, and I haven't always been positive on all things, and nobody is, but the expectations are, hey, this is a good place. We're going to do good things for kids. Our goal, and that started out with our early administrators, our goal is to take kids to a new level from where they are as they move through here. We're going to have expectations, and we're going to work with them, and we're going to love them, and we're going to do the best we can for them. And it doesn't, you don't always succeed, but it's a great way to go at it. Yeah, like you said, it's evolved, and, and you know way better than I do of what it looked like previous, but I think even now, you know, when you say that we're going to take students to new levels with the evolution of our student population, and I think, was it this year or next year, we're like 50-50, you know, Caucasian and other, and I mean, that's yeah. that's pretty pretty impressive. You know, and that is one thing that has always impressed me, how our kids get along. I mean, it's amazing. Sure, do we have issues? Yeah. But for the most part, you walk out in the commons, you know, and it's a little tougher now, but kids sit together. Kids intermingle, you know. I mean, it's not a big deal. It's not an issue. You know, when I was growing up, there were a lot more issues about those kind of things. I don't know why, but, you know, it was a lot tougher. You know, when I grew up, we had three, I think we had three African-American kids in Lincoln High School, and we had only three classes, but we had 1,800 and some kids. 
So, you know, everybody, everybody knew all three of them. I mean, it was, so it's an interesting dynamic that way. But we're, I think we're better as a human race because people are people. That's it. You can define them any way you want, but when it comes right down to it, they're human beings. Taking what you've known about the Circle of Courage for so long and how you've seen it even shift now with the diversity that we yeah. continue to have at Washington, right. what does the Circle of Courage mean to you? Well, you know, the four words, belonging, mastery, independence, and, and generosity. I mean, could we have more words, I suppose? Should we? Probably not. I mean, belonging is like us. Okay, you're part of us. It's we. Okay, it's not, it's not, you're us, regardless of who you are, regardless of your academic ability, regardless of your athletic or uh, fine arts ability, whatever, you're one of us. And I think that's huge. Because when people feel they're a part, then things start to happen. It's getting them to feel safe. Yeah, like they're safe, a part of something. A part of it. I'm a these are my friends. I I feel good about going to school. And some kids don't, which is really unfortunate. Mastery is about success. And how do you measure success? I'll give you an example. My first year at Washington, one in fourteen in wrestling. I think I had the best coaching year I ever had in my career. Just keeping them together. Do you know what I mean? Success isn't measured by wins and losses or GPA or whatever. It's measured by what happens after. Did, did we make young men and women? Did we make them feel they could be successful? Did we make them feel they could you know, compete in the job market, whatever? That's what it's about. Um, independence is kind of like, yeah, I can work on my own and I can be motivated, but I'm able to then be a part of the group. And I'm not so independent that I can't work with people I'm, I'm not afraid to excel, I'm not afraid to work, I'm not, but when it comes down to it, I'm gonna join in. And then generosity is just caring about people. And you know what, I always say this, I got more by giving than I ever did by asking. Because when you give, you get. I don't know how that works, but I mean, people in the community, people I grew up with, relative, you know, whatever, if you give, and you don't have to give money, you don't have to give them anything, but like, how you doing? You know, what, you know, what, are you okay? You know, when they have tragedies in their lives, it's gonna be okay. So when you give, then you get. I, wa I had a boy walk up to me about two years ago in Hy-Vee, former student of mine from Canton. <laughs> I'm, my wife and I are looking at hamburger, I don't know, whatever. He goes, Coach Byrne, how you doing? I said, well, how are you, man? It's good to see you. And he goes, hey, coach, I got to tell you something. You saved my life. And I said, yeah, that's my job. I, you know, whatever. I said, no, yeah, you know, what? Yeah, no, I didn't save your life, you know, whatever. So I walk away, and we get a couple aisles away, and he comes walking up to me. He kind of hollers and goes, you don't get it. It's no, you did. You know, and whatever. And soon he had me crying. I felt kind of, you know. I mean, it really got to me. But it's nice to know that people knew that you cared and that you, and they think you helped them. I didn't save his life. I just, he had a tough thing going on. I just tried to help. And sometimes it's not what you say, but 
if you say it. You just got to say it. Hey, I really care about you. I'm worried about you. You need to figure this out. So those things that seem like they're insignificant can sometimes come back. And in his case, maybe he felt that way. I don't know. It was great. I mean, it was embarrassing that I broke down, but it was fun. It was good. Have you had a lot of those type of stories in those instances? I get, I see a lot of kids, and the unfortunate thing is I don't always know them. If I coached them, usually I know their name, and maybe even when they, but it's really hard because if you coach for 30, teach for 39 years, I mean, you know, even like kids at Ron Colley, they would come watch state wrestling tournament, find me and track me down, talk, and so, you know, you try to remember names, but now I'm getting a lot better at saying, hey, I know your face, but what was your name again? Because I used to just try to blow through it like, oh, yeah, how you doing? And sometimes they can figure out you don't know. So now I just say, you know what? What was your name again? I'm not sure. And then they're, they're good about it. And I think some are a little disappointed you don't remember them, but it's just honesty is better. For your peace of mind, you'd rather be sincere in saying, I want to have this conversation knowing your name right. rather than walk away and say, gosh, I don't remember who that yeah. was, but I recognized him or her. Yeah. And it's worth with parents because I have a lot of parents come up, you know. Uh, when I go to an athletic contest or something, I start track meets. People come and start talking to me, and they might be from wherever, you know, Philip or Sturgis or whatever. So it's, that's tougher with parents. Kids, even kids that competed or I coached against, I can kind of put it together. If you're feeling the need for a healthy nutritional option after the Thanksgiving holiday, or if you're looking for a natural boost of energy to get you going back to work, the Warrior Way is excited to partner with Wave 26 to get you hooked up. Wave has a full, delicious menu of healthy shake and tea options to fit whatever your taste buds may desire. When you head in for your shake or tea, just say Warrior Way at checkout and receive 15% off your first order. Make sure to follow Wave 26 Nutrition on Facebook to learn more about what they have to offer, as well as to see a full menu of all their various options. So who have been some of the main uh, administrator, staff, coaches that have made the biggest impact on you in your career? Uh, the coaches, and we were all kind of young and together when we opened the building here. So it was like myself, Jim Trett, Kim Nelson, Mike Piper's a little older than us, but he was the track coach. And Washington High really had somewhat declined in our competitiveness. And some of the reasons were when they opened the Roosevelt, we only had like 150 seniors. So, you know, my entire, the kids that I'd worked with in wrestling, except for like two, all went to Roosevelt, which was, you know, it's okay. You know, and I remember the Argus leader asking me, hey, how many of those kids were uh, Washington kids? I said, none of them are Washington kids. They're Roosevelt kids. I don't coach those guys anymore. You know, so, but Jim Trett and Kim Nelson and Mike, and there's a lot of guys. There was some really good teachers here. There was a guy by the name of Tom Lemons, and Tom taught here when my brother was a student here at the old Washington in like 64. And Tom was as steady as you could get. And he, he didn't coach, but he was just a nice person to, because he had so many life experiences in education. And he was just a nice guy to bounce stuff off. And, uh, 
as I said, Jan Nikolai was a huge influence in my teaching and coaching and how to handle things. And, um, and all the administrators were great. Um, we had a, a, an administrator, an assistant, his name was Don Erickson when I first came. Great guy. And I used to work in the office. And he gave me some of the best advice I ever got. He goes, when you're dealing with discipline, if it takes more than five minutes, you're wasting your time. Send them to the counselor. Your job is to decide what's going to happen, make it happen, and then move on. So a lot of those guys were great. Um, there was a, a math teacher who was head of the math department when I first came. Her name was Jane Morey. And she was just a wonderful person, very helpful. I could ask any question, ask for help on anything, and she was great. And there's been lots of them. I, I almost feel I shouldn't even answer that question. Um, there's been a lot of great people that I worked with here. But, you know, those, those three guys, just basically because we kind of all started together, started over trying to rebuild things, probably the, the most, because we worked together close with a, with a lot of different things. So, You've coached under five different head coaches. Um, so you can name those five quickly, but what has been your experience coaching under those head um, coaches? And, um, you know, what have you learned through? Well, yeah, that's a good question. Um, you know, I started with Glenn Sullivan, and he's very successful. And then we 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 did a transition from Glenn to uh, all right. Now you're you're pacing me here. Um, from Glenn, we went to Kim Nelson. Kim was great. Uh, Brian Hermanson, Chad Statham, and now Ryan. And here's the deal: they're all different, but they're all good. And my big deal was. If they hire them and they take me as an assistant, I'm going to be loyal. If I don't like what they're doing, I'll tell them, hey, I don't think this is right. And if they say, no, this way we're going to do it, and I'll say, okay, here we go. And I really believe that, you know, and I was an assistant coach in track and football. The biggest thing as an assistant you can be is loyal. Don't be an L somewhere that just says, Assistant coaches are loyal. You're going to be loyal, and that's the way it is. Because when you're not loyal, then you're hurting kids. You're hurting kids. Okay? You have an ego? I don't care. Put it away because you want to do things for kids. So people that, in my experience that have been assistant coaches that had trouble with head coaches, you know, they had an ego. And maybe they were better. I, mean, I don't know. But if they're the guy... You're my guy. And that was the same way when I was in Canton, Yankton, Ron Colley. If you're the guy, you're my guy, and I'm going to jump on board. What do you hope that colleagues and students, former students, people in general, think of when they think of the name Mark Murren? Well, that's a tough one, but I think loyalty. But I also think, I hope they think I, I cared about them. I mean, I, I used to have, when I, was, when I got older, people say, hey, coach, I, my car's broke down. <laughs> Who should I go to? Or I need a new washing machine. Or do you know a repairman? Or we need some siding. And, of course, I grew up in town, so and I'd lived here a long time, so I didn't know people that could help. But I think that you have to care. And not just like, you know, there's people I don't like. But I, I don't know if I ever hated anybody. I don't like sometimes what people do, and I'm sure people don't like what I do sometimes. But you got to care, because when it comes right down to it, um, it's probably the most important human emotion is 
hey, I, I feel for you, you know? A tragedy in your family, that's too bad. You lost your dad. Well, that's a bad deal. I care, and I, I hope things are good for you, or whatever it would be. So I think, I hope they think that I cared, um, both kids and staff. And I'm sure there are a few kids, you know, every once in a while, you know, that I got on. But I'm kind of that, that guy that I, you got to behave. If we're going to have the rules, we're going to follow them. If we're not going to have the rules, then get rid of them. You know, I say the same thing to ministers. You don't want me to, no. Everybody has to get in line. And I think discipline is huge. And I hope that if when I discipline kids, they thought I was fair. Some would call what you just described as old school. Would you describe yourself as old school? Uh, definitely. I like hard work. I believe in, you know, showing up every day. It probably was wrong, but I came to school sick. I got here at 6 o'clock in the morning. And if I was coaching, I left here at 6, 6.30 every day. When I retired, I think I was clinically depressed because about the third week of September, I sat home, I'd walked my dog, because my wife let me get a dog finally after 38 years. And uh, we came home and we'd been, whatever, I was done eating, it was seven o'clock in the morning. And I, lo I was looking at the TV, it's like, what am I doing? I don't, I don't, I, I, I can't take it, I gotta, and I was fortunate I got to coach football. But I was close. I mean, I was depressed. And about after a month or two, you know, it got better, better now. But you got to move on. It was my turn. I turned in my resignation like three months early, so I didn't decide not to do it. You know what I mean? Because I was going to be 62, and it was time for me to go. And young people, this is a young people's job, you know. What would you, um, what advice would you give to young teachers that are just starting out? Number one, and we talked about this before, you have to be in charge of your classroom. And you can't be afraid to confront, confront people. And you don't have to get in their face and spit and scream. But you just have to say, hey, you know what, Joe? We, you and I can't, I can't work this way. I'm sure you don't wanna, you know, there's no reason that we can't be friendly. You might not like me, but you're gonna have to follow the rules. And I think that's huge because that promotes learning. And that's old school. And a lot of people think, well, you know, whatever. No, you don't need a timeout. You need to sit down and shut your mouth. Okay? So that, you know, and I, I'm not harsh. I think maybe that you would think that. But it's just like you have to have certain expectations and you have to have those guidelines that you set in your classroom. When that door shuts, it's your arena. Okay? And we're going to all work in the same direction. And I, you know, I wasn't exactly the guy that was on task all the time in the classroom, especially in lecture classes. We got in some pretty crazy discussions, but it was fun. But um, if you tell me that kids don't need structure in their life, okay, then you, to me, you're not, you're, not, you don't, you're not getting education. Kids need to have structure, and they want it because it's easy, it's good for them, and they, they, they feel like they can be somebody. And I think that's really important, whether it's coaching, Hey, this is the rule. When you come in here, we're going to do this. Okay? You want to do your own thing? Nah. You might have to go somewhere else. And, uh, you know, you try to keep them as long as you can. And the sad part is, I think the things that hurt me the most in education, there were times that I was 
trying to save somebody. So I was putting all my time into one person. I had 60 other kids in the room, and they were getting ignored. And I'm worried about this guy at night, and I'm, you know, whatever. And then, and sadly, sometimes, that was my most disturbing part about teaching sometimes. You got to let go. Is that true for coaching, too? Yeah, it's true for coaching. Because those cause more problems sometimes for kids than... And the other kids are like, wait, what? There's two sets of rules here. How come he gets to, you know, you're always, you know. And you don't change the rules. And sometimes you have to adapt, and sometimes you can't save them. So, for the most part, things are going to work out if you just keep working hard at it. Was your philosophy on coaching any different than your philosophy on teaching? Uh, I was probably a lot more intense. And as a young man, I was too intense. As I got older, I, I started to understand that, you know what? Losing a duel to Roosevelt isn't the end of the world. There's a duel we lost to Roosevelt by one point, and it's still, when I think about it, it makes me angry. But now I realize, you know what? What did my kids learn? You know, what values did we teach? And uh, success can be measured in different ways. Is that what you would do differently if you would go back? Would you not Would you not worry about the wins and losses so much? Right. I wouldn't worry about them, and I think by not worrying about them, you maybe even would get more. Because you put the emphasis on getting better, improving, you know, throughout the year. This is where we are today. Two weeks from now, we want to be here. You know what I mean? Instead of worrying about, you know, how you're going to do on an individual match or you know, basis. Yeah, sure, if somebody lays down or quits or whatever, you're going to get a little intense. But I probably overlooked some of the factors as a young man, like what's going on in their lives, what's, you know, what's the problem or, you know. And so when you get so intense, you say things you wouldn't say normally because you're so fired up about losing or winning. Losing and winning take care of themselves if you work hard, you know, you promote your program, you do whatever it happens, and then good things happen. That's probably the biggest mistake as a young coach. I just would get so wrapped up in winning and losing. I mean, it was just like... End of the world. I couldn't even sit in the chair. Yeah. I mean, I'd be up, standing up. And, yeah. And the other thing I learned about it is, and this happened about the last 10 or 11 years that I was a head coach in wrestling. I got to give my assistants control. I'm trying to do everything. They got good knowledge. They're, put them to work. I mean, I the last few years I was here, I had some great staffs. And I just turned it over. I just said, here, you got these guys. We even assigned weight classes to different guys, and that was the best thing I ever did. I can't believe I coached for 39 years, and it took me 28 to figure it out. And uh, so good assistants are worth whatever, and I had some great ones. And now Lance, he, he was a great one. And uh, some of the guys that left. But I had good assistants. Doug Rankin and I have like 37 years of an association either through, because he was with me in Canton as an assistant in 83, and we've had, an, you know, all those years we've been buddies and coached together. and So, you know, you build those relationships, and it's kind of fun. And now you're making calls to virtual academy kids together. Yeah, we are. In the office. <laughs> yeah, and it's working good. <laughs> We're teaming up on them. Oh, that's funny. So uh, do you have any just what, what are a couple of your funniest 
funniest memories, moments that you can yeah. recall teaching, coaching, anything? I don't care what 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 comes to your mind. I've had a few good one-liners. Give them to me. Well, I was in uh, wrestling a match, and when I was in Canton, we were in uh, Madison, and the, we won like thirty-three to thirty-two. And the coach at the end of the match comes up and he goes, "Hey." Your 45-pounder was pinned. You didn't win that duel. And I said, you know something? You're going to wake up tomorrow morning and read the Argus Leader. You know what it's going to say? Canton 33, Madison 32. <laughs> I don't think it made him happy, but, you know, those kind of things that just come out of nowhere, you know, you're not thinking about it, you know. Um, and I was very gracious as a winner and a loser, I hope. Um, but I remember one year where, wrestling for the conference championship here and we'd wrestle I think I can't remember who we wrestled, maybe it was Sioux City East. And I had some tough kids back then. I mean tough kids. And uh, they were just brawlers. And uh, we beat East and uh, the match is going back and forth and I'm all excited. I can't sit down. I'm screaming and I turn around and Young kid, and he's just kind of giggling and laughing on the bench. You know, he's a little kid, so he wrestled. I think he's probably a three pounder at that time, 103. <laughs> and he's laughing. And I, I go, What are you doing? He goes, Hey, coach, isn't this fun? <laughs> and I thought, Yeah, this is fun. But you know, you know, because I'm like, Why aren't you into it? And, oh, coach, isn't this fun? Yeah, this is fun. But you know, some of my special memories, like we'd practice over Christmas, you know, kids would come in and we'd do some goofy stuff. If we had the mats down for the tournament, we'd go down there and wrestle on the gym floor and we'd put up like those foam hurdles and I'd try to jump over them and that was funny. But uh, my, you know, some of my best memories are just things kids would say. Or, I mean, just crazy stuff. Just too many to recall. They're, they are they are good. And many you probably can't say on air also. Right. They are. we got to keep the show air. PG. Yeah. And, you know, I, and I, I, you know, I was always open. I mean, kids would say things probably they, you know, and I probably said things I shouldn't have said, but I don't know. I think there becomes a level of, like you've talked about so much, just a level of, like, they wouldn't say certain things to people they don't trust, they don't know if they're loyal or not, and they had that able to Could confide be. in you. Could be. And you yeah. don't know why that is, but they yeah. do. People confide in you. Yeah. Yeah. And the funny thing is, when kids are down the most, um, whether they're mad at you or mad at the world or whatever, that's the hardest time to approach them. But it's the best time. You know what I mean? When they really need you or someone. And everybody needs someone in their life that cares. And I don't know. I just seem to care. Don't know why. I just, I did. I cared. So that's what I'd like, you know, when you talk about reminding me. I think that's probably the biggest thing. And do you think that's probably why, I mean, I would have to think when you were, uh, going through your little depression after retiring, like you'd had that ability to make connection and all of a sudden when you're not that anymore, yeah, it had to take a toll on you. It did. It was hard. Um, and I'm better at it. You know, the, the, the saddest thing about being a coach is my wife raised my kids. I coached football, wrestling, and track for 18 years. 
ran the weight room, whatever. And uh, I always was worried my kids were going to be resentful about that. My poor son. I mean, you say things to your kids you'd never say to anyone else. And that's the saddest thing about coaching, I think. Um, and my daughters, I mean, they, I didn't spare the anger at times that I had with my children. I remember my daughter said to me once about, uh, how'd she put it, everybody else gets to stay out after 11. And I, of course, got, I mean, I got, I dig, I dig hard and I said, hey, is your name anybody else? No, your name's Mern. And as long as you're going to be in here, and by golly, it wasn't by golly, but you'll be here. And I think later on, they appreciated those things, you know. But uh, at the time, it was pretty tough. But yeah, I one time had the whole family bawling at the supper table because I was getting after it, <laughs> and I don't even remember what it was about. And they were little, you know. They weren't. They were all three of them were little, and my wife was probably a little more stressed than I should have let her be, but. But now you realize how uh, amazing your wife was for so many oh, years. My wife's dad was a coach. His name was Rich Greeno. He won more state track and field championships in cross country than anybody in South Dakota. And the guy was never home. He officiated NCAA football games and was a cross country and track coach. So my wife kind of was used to it, you know. Because I remember one time I wanted to buy a 80 acres down by Canton in the country. And she goes, I'm not living in the country. You're never home. I said, well, I'll get a dog. I don't want no dog. We're not living in the country. Uh, you're never home. Uh, you know, my wife gave birth when I was at a track meet twice. Really? Yeah, I was in Beersford for the first one on my way because the high patrolman came and got me. And the choir director took my wife to the hospital. Uh, the next time, uh, I was in Brandon at a track meet. And uh, fortunately, my wife... Uh, I don't know if she'd like me to say this, but once they were, we were going to have a baby, they were going to be there. She didn't, you know, she wasn't like no 12-hour labor gal. She was like, here we are. I did, Jan Nikolai made me leave and go to the hospital. Well, not made me, yeah, but kind of made me because I got a call. She got a call that Luann, the principal from Canton, brought her up to the hospital for my son, John. So I was there when John was born. So. And Nikolai made you go. You weren't, you were going to. Well, you're... yeah scolded me and said get going because I was kind of I wasn't really dragging my feet I intended to go but I I wasn't moving fast enough for her mm. she told me you get get up there that's funny well that's crazy but it's you know interesting we better finish up with our draft okay. uh and I'm sorry to make this quick switch on you but I that's okay I got a I think I was laying in bed last night thinking about this, and I was just like, man, I want to know what your top five Washington sports moments yeah. are. You know, uh, probably the for me as the wrestling coach, we hadn't had a state champion in years, you know. And we had a kid named Josh Raver, two-timer, very talented. And uh, the year that he won it, I think it was 2000. He won it in 2000, 2001. He probably should have. If he did better coaching, he probably won it in 99. But Josh won it, and we, and you know, I was ecstatic. 
I mean, that's kind of the goal. Team champions, individual champions. Uh, probably the next one was when we finally got Whoa, 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 whoa. We're doing a draft here. You got we we got to slow down. So that's your number one pick. Yeah. Okay. So how the draft works oh. is we go back and forth. So you give your moment first, yep. and I'll okay. give my moment. We'll okay. go back and forth. Now, okay. I, I could have let you go, but I, I, okay. No. So I've got like seven years of moments, which isn't much. Yeah. And you've got a wealth, so I basically just want to hear yours. Explain yours again one more time. It was the first state champion we had in a number of years. Okay. I mean, we've been close. We had kids upset in the semis and. And Josh, he, he walked through it two years in a row. I mean, he was tough. Good good wrestler, good guy. What was his last name? Rave. Josh, Josh Rave. Rave. Okay. So that was my... That's you your know, number one. My number one. Okay. My number one is two years ago at State Track, we had a 4 by one girls team who set the all-time 4 by one record. Uh, it was Haley Christofferson, uh, Laura Pedersen, J.C. Johansson and Nanis Kerr. Um, that was just a super cool moment. In Rapid City. In Rapid City. Yep. That was a, you know, and it was so crazy because at the time you didn't realize that it was a record and then yeah. you knew it was fast, but then yeah. you see it and you're like, wow, that that's unbelievable. So that was my number one. All right. You give your next one, number two. I think when we turned the corner and won our first state football championship since the whatever, I mean, the, I don't know, 70s, whatever. What year was that in? Oh, boy. Brian Hermanson, so it was maybe eight, eight or nine, because we won a bunch through that period. Um, I can't remember the exact year. I probably should have checked. But that was that was huge. That was Hermes first year. No, no, no. We it took about three years, I think. To okay, win one. Okay, but no, it was great. My number two pick is uh, it was my second year teaching at Washington and. It was the state boys basketball semifinal game against Pierre. Sam Saganis took over and hit yeah. the game-winning shot. Uh, made it even better that the Pierre fans behind us were rowdier than any fans I'd ever encountered. So yeah, I was doing crowd supervision. I, there were some comments on the way out. I know that. And uh, Sam just taking over that game. That was uh, just an incredible in-the-zone moment that I remember. So that's my number two. Your number three. Uh, my number three is probably uh, when we won back-to-back -back state titles in basketball. I think it was 2000, 2001 with uh, Coach Tret. You know, we, had, we hadn't won a state basketball title, God, I think since John Odney had coached here years ago. And, and uh, it was just amazing. I mean, it was just great. And we won them back-to-back. -back and I, th I think they were both in the arena. I can't remember. I was at both of them, but. It was cool, and I knew those kids because my daughter was the same age as those kids, and they were friends, and so that was exciting for me. Not only for Coach Tret, but for Washington High School. And you know what? People don't get this. Winning makes school life go easier. It does. I, I, people can say whatever, whether what it doesn't matter what it is, whether it's uh, fine arts, you know, academics or athletics. It, it makes it gives people pride in their school. It's just contagious, almost. It is. All right, my number three is going to be 2015 football state championship, and you might remember this, Ty Smith's catch yeah. against O'Gorman, one-handed, yeah. in traffic. Yeah, the game. Should have made Sports Center, ESPN Top yeah. Ten. that was a good one. Oh, that was amazing. So that was my yeah, – I got to throw that one in. Um, and we knew Ty had good hands. Yeah. But that catch 
It was just like. Was it left? It was. I can't remember, yeah. but it came out of nowhere. Oh, it's incredible. And it was a. I mean, it was a high throw, and there's a kid right in front of him. He goes up, just wham. And, and the down. and the to and land just on turned his the back, game, turned the game over. Yeah. You know, we that turned, was the moment. Yeah. We just kind of been waiting to get over the hump, and that catch just solidified it almost. Right. All right, your number four. My number four is probably when uh, Everett was our. Everett Gebhardt was our track coach. We won three titles back-to-back. Because you had so much warrior pride. And we, we had good kids. I mean, we were very talented. But you still got to get them on the bus. You got to get them there, and you got to make them compete. Was that like 07 to 09-ish? No, it was later than that. It okay. was Nate Gary's era. Okay. Um, Nate and there's a bunch of those kids. So would very talented. here's why I'm asking. I was, I was a year older than Trevor Gebhardt. Okay, was Trevor involved in that? Yeah. Back, was he the first year of the back-to-back-to-back? I think, to back? So. I think that is a senior. Okay, yeah. Yeah. You're asking me now to put things together, but no, that was that was, that was was huge. And it was, I was so proud of our school and our kids, and it's just fun to do those kind of things, so. All right, my number four is going to be two years ago, girls basketball, my first year on the girls staff, we were playing O'Gorman. They were really, really, really good, ranked number one here at home, and we beat them. And it was Coach Parrish's 200th career win, which was really fitting. So that was a cool, cool sports moment for me. For me, it was Chet Stadium was coaching. We were trying to get into our into the uh, state championship. We played O'Gorman, and they're driving. And we're behind. The ball's on about the 12, and there's about a minute. 35, 40 left, and I kind of looked at Coach and I said, let him score. He goes, he goes, yeah, that's what I was just thinking. Let him score. So we're hollering at our kids in the field. Let him score. And the fullback from O'Gorman runs it in, and he's all excited. And you look up their, upside, their coaching staff on the side, and they're like, oh. I vaguely remember this. Yeah. yeah. So – we get the ball with like 126. I don't remember what it is. We drive down the field. It's almost intercepted in the end zone. The next play, we throw a touchdown pass with 10, 12 seconds or less and win. So now we're in the finals. I mean, it was huge. It was so uh, dramatic. It was crazy. Chalk that one all up with the coaching, right? No, <laughs> no. Not me, our head coach. All right, my, my last one. So that was your fifth pick. My fifth pick is going to be uh, just any dang dunk. That was yeah. tough to say. dang dunk. Um, yeah. I just uh, always got excited watching Deng play, and he was just so springy and so athletic. And uh, the, the crowds that we used to have, you, get, you remember yeah. coming to those Lincoln games that we'd yeah. have in, in 2015 and 2014. And uh, yeah, every, time, every time he'd dunk, it would just go – Go nuts. So those yeah. were some of my favorite times too, just living through as a young coach. So young coach, I guess I still am, but a first first yeah. or second year yeah. coach, I should say. So yeah. I remember that. <laughs> you know, uh kids can make good things happen and he's a good kid that made good things happen. Incredible. He was Yeah, it was amazing. <laughs> and you talk about I mean Deng coming, he was only here for two years. Yeah. And uh the impact and to be homecoming king and yeah. just the you know, I was I was a first year teacher his senior year and just the impact that you could tell he had on so many right. in such a short amount of time is just yeah unbelievable yeah you don't see that times. 
a lot of fun. Well, let's finish up. What what lasting um, comments do you want to make in regards to Washington and, and all the people that are community members that have been through here? Um, what do you want to tell them? Well, I think that, you know, anytime you have a school, it's it's a community-driven thing. So we have good parents, we have good administrators, we have good teachers, and we have good kids. So nobody can be successful on their own. It's a Life's a team sport. I don't care what they say. So what I would like to think that people would remember about Washington High is, to me, it's one of the best-kept secrets in town. And I know there are a lot of people that, because we have won and whatever, and for whatever reasons, you know, there's stereotypes about everything and whatever, but I don't think people get it. This is a great place, and it's a great place for kids. And I think kids are safe here. I think kids can flourish here. And it's because of our community. I mean, and I, uh, the Washington High community is a, is a big deal. And I hope it stays that way beyond me. Well said. Well, Mark, thanks so much for taking the time to come in. This was a lot of fun. It was fun. I Thanks. knew I'd get some good stories, and I learned a little bit more about you. So uh, love seeing you here every day or every day that you are here, and uh, it's always a joy to run into you. So thanks for taking the time. Thank you.